0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. In honor of Mother's Day, I want to learn today from a mother's faith. That's the title of my message today, a mother's faith, and in particular... I want to speak to you from the life of Moses' mother, the great deliverer. Moses um, was a very special person in the kingdom of God. Moses was the great deliverer. He led the Israelites out of Egypt. He led them to Mount Sinai. He got the Ten Commandments. There are all of these great things that Moses Was able to do. He became the author of the first five books of the Bible, but it was his mother's faith first that made it all possible. And so there are a lot of truths in today's story that we're going to be looking at that actually have lessons for all of us. This mother's faith is not limited to mothers, it's not limited to parents. Everyone open your ears because her example is powerful for all of us, for each and every one of us, male, female, young, or old. Why? Because there's a purity and a power to her faith that can grow us and help us to experience the divine intervention of God. Anybody want God to step into your life in a powerful way? Amen. Hallelujah. And so we want to learn from her faith today. And let me just say this real quickly. This message is more about faith than parenting. But when you talk about parenting, I believe parenting is a nearly impossible task without the help of God. Why? Because, because every child is different, every child is unique. It takes a special grace and understanding. And we're not perfect as parents. We have our own weaknesses and and failures. And yet, here's what stands out in Scripture. What stands out in Scripture is that we can pass on our faith. And if we pass on our faith, I'm telling you right now, we've done a pretty good job. If we can live in such a way that our faith, pure, godly faith, Faith, Simple faith. If that can transfer to our kids, then we've done a really good job. I'm, I'm reminded of a quote um, from a book in uh, Andrew Murray's book on, on uh, parenting. Look at to what he said. He said, the education that Moses' mother gave her son during the years of his childhood was so successful that all of the years of his training at Pharaoh's palace could not erase it. Here's what, when you read this story, we're going to just read the beginning of it. But when you look at the story of Moses, his mother had Moses through a miraculous uh, intervention of God. She had him probably till he was about five or six years old. Then she gave him over to Pharaoh, the great enemy of God. And yet the seeds that she deposited in Moses in that short time... They were so strong, so mighty, so powerful that when he came of age and he answered the call of God, he chose the will of God even to suffer and struggle than to give in to the pleasures that were residing in the palace. How many know we serve a mighty God who gives us mighty tools to raise up great and mighty children for his glory? So be encouraged today. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. Be encouraged because what we sow into them by faith will bring about a great and powerful miracle. Now, we're going to read Exodus chapter 2. And we're going to look at the beginning of Moses' life. Exodus chapter 2 says this, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Now I'm going to stop right here and say, if you read Exodus chapter 1, you know that this man and, and woman, they were living in Egypt, and they were living under the oppressive government of Pharaoh. Pharaoh was a wicked king, and all of Egypt was in a state of slavery, slavery so they were slaves. So this was a very difficult time, and, and, and despite the fact that they were slaves, the Israelites were still growing, they were populating, they were, having, they were multiplying, having lots of children and growing... And Pharaoh and his government said, we don't know what to do because this nation under us, they keep growing and we can't contain them. So they decided to kill off every baby boy. To so kill the boys, keep the girls. That was the plan. So when she gave birth to a son, this brought great, great pressure and tension to their home and to their lives because of the great oppression of Pharaoh and his soldiers, etc. Now, the whole message will be really in the first three verses, we're gonna get the whole message. So it says, when she saw, everyone say she saw. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him, everybody say she hid him, For three months. Is that where we're stopping? Yes. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him. Okay. Uh, uh, Everybody say she got him a basket. Okay. (laughs) So she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. And then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. So I'm going to read the rest of the story a little bit later, but I want to pray right now, because what you see is what Moses' mother did by faith to see her son not only delivered from the grip and power of Pharaoh but also to be raised up to answer the call of God and to do something great for God. When I pray for the children of our church, which I do often, I claim the promise that says the children of the righteous will be mighty in the land. And this is what she was doing and exemplifying for us. But in addition to that, there are many, many lessons for all of us, whether you're a mother or not. So I want to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would bless now the preaching of your word. God, I pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would, would, would penetrate our hearts and that seeds of faith, faith like, like the mom that you gave to Moses, that kind of faith, would you put that in our hearts so that we could see you do great things for us, even as you did for her. Bless this word today by blessing our lives with faith. So we thank you and we trust you and we praise you for the next few moments In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So she saw him. She hit him. She placed him in a basket. That's the whole sermon. Here's what we're going to learn about faith today. There are three key things. First of all, true faith sees. Faith sees. The Bible says that she she saw what God can do. In other words, if there was cable TV back in in Egypt back in the day, they had TV, and there was that those live news screen, you know, those that live news that's running all the time. Chances are it would be saying the Hebrew news, the headlines would be saying something like this across the screen. You know, Hebrews continue in slavery, no end in sight. Or Hebrew sons to be tossed in the Nile. And when we watch that, the way we've watched some shocking things on the news, they would, the people would panic, and moms who were pregnant would, would panic. But see, faith sees, and when she saw that God was with him, she acted differently. Because she saw something, and when faith begins to really work in a person's life, it's like you see something that other people don't see. Faith sees. I want to encourage every parent to continue to see God's will for the lives of your children. I want you to, I want to encourage you to see, to pray, to cry out to the living God, regardless of what's going on. Faith cease. Faith cease. Maybe you're watching online today, or I love this. You know what I love about Mother's Day? People come to church who kind of don't want to come to church but God wants you in church. We're happy that you're in church, but you're in church because mama wants you in church. Maybe you're in church because you're honoring your mother. Well done. Well done for coming, just for the sake of your mom. Come on, somebody say amen. Maybe as you watch online, you have someone who is like Moses' mother they see something that you can't see. When they look at your life, they see what God could do with your life even though you can't see it. If you could only see what they see, if you could only see the future and the blessing and the glorious the glorious plan of God for your life, If you could only see, think about this mother, Pharaoh in power, soldiers. She's worried about all kinds of things, but yet faith saw something and she said, I will not give my baby up. Maybe there's someone right now in your life that uh, they're kind of driving you crazy. Crazy. You know, maybe it's a husband believing God for you. Maybe it's a wife believing God for you. Maybe you're a teenager or a college student and you're running from God right now. Maybe you're lukewarm. You know what lukewarm means? It means that you know God. You've actually given your life to God, but you're not really serving God. You're living for yourself. And every time you see that person, when you see that person, you're like, ooh, because you know that their faith sees something more about your life and for your life. I want to encourage you today. Open your eyes to what faith sees. Online, open your eyes to what God could do with your life because God's plan for your life is so much better than your plan for your life. No matter what fairy tale you write for yourself, God's will is 10 times better. God's will, God's way, God's choices. There is no better life for you than the life that God has planned out for you. And so I want to encourage you, open up your heart to what faith sees. Perhaps this is why the Apostle Paul put it this way, Ephesians 1, 18 and 19. He, he said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. There is a great hope. There is a great plan. No matter where you find yourself today, if you have someone in your life who sees with faith, it's because they understand the power of hope. Listen to this. The, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. If he, what they see is they see the riches uh, and the blessings that will come if you just join up with the right people of God. There's an incredible uh, 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 support system when someone stops walking alone and they, and they step in and connect with the body of Christ. Would you please give some thought to what faith sees? If Jesus is chasing you, you know who you are. A lot of times people are like, oh, you know. You can run, but you can't hide. How many have found that to be true? Come on, let's praise God. And listen to this, his incomparably great power for us who believe. See, sometimes people will put faith on you because they see what you can't see until you start to see what God wants you to see. And what God wants you to see is his incomparably great power for us who believe. So first and foremost, faith sees. And I've been praying for the last couple of days. I've been praying for people who are away from God, or people who are running from God or, or, or kids who just get frustrated with the thought of God or with the words. You're like, oh, please not again. Open your eyes to what faith sees because you can't top God's life for you. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and say yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. And let me say this to whoever's holding on to God today. Whatever you do, don't give up your faith. Don't stop believing because when we pray, we win. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith sees. Secondly, faith stubbornly resists. Faith stubbornly resists. The Bible says she hid him. She hid him despite the demands of Pharaoh. One thing is what Pharaoh says. Another thing is what God says. You see, and real faith will resist the voice of darkness. Real faith will resist the voices of doom. Real faith will say, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the devil says. I resisted. She hid him, even though it made danger for her, but she said, No, I believe, I resist. And let me tell you something if you're not resisting, someplace in your life, you're not walking in faith. There's always some place and some part of your life where there should be real resisting. There's always a hindering factor from the devil or your own flesh. Maybe sometimes it's inside of you. Sometimes it's a temptation in, inside of you, but faith says, no, I want God's will. No, I don't care what the devil says. Faith will resist. If it's not God's will, if it's not God's way, I won't accept it. In other words, the devil is stubborn, but we have to be more stubborn than the devil. Somebody say amen. Amen. In her case, it was fear of Pharaoh, his soldiers. Imagine living with fear that your husband could be harmed or that her son was going to be harmed. And you know what she said? She said, I resist you. Now, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about what was going on in her mind and in her heart when she hid him. Not everyone in Israel hid their babies, but she hid him. She said, God, I can see God's plan and I'm not giving up on God's plan. This is real faith. And it took me back to many, many times when my kids were little and I watched the the cartoon movie, The Prince of Egypt. Anybody see that oldie but goodie? Can I see your hands? If you haven't, you need to rent it today. Come on, don't be shy. I saw somebody just went. Yeah, no, that was cool. <laughs> Prince of Egypt was cool, right? And um, there's a scene in Prince of Egypt that I, I captured the picture. Could you throw that up? So this is the this is the moment in the in the movie in the drama where they're showing the little babies being thrown into the Nile. You see. And I have to imagine that this is the cartoon that she had in her mind, but it wasn't a cartoon. This is the picture. This is the thought. This is, this is what was troubling her. Her husband going into the Nile. Her husband being being beaten and torn up. And here's what I would say to you today. What cartoon, what picture, what image is Satan putting into your mind right now that is trying to stop you from resisting? Because whatever that is, you need to resist it in the name of Jesus. You need to say, my God is greater. My God is able. I will not give in. I will not give in. What the church of Jesus Christ has to do right now. Everybody say right now. We have to stand up right now and say, I don't care how dark the times are. I don't care how crazy the times are. I will not give in. I will resist and I will believe that the grace of God will be poured out in power. Listen to this. This is very important. It is by resisting. Everyone say resisting. It is by resisting, resisting Satan's proposition of the inevitable, blah, inevitable, that we accomplish great things for God. Let me say that one more time. It is by resisting. Everybody say resisting. Resisting what? Satan's proposition of the inevitable. That's how we accomplish great things for God. You see, even over the last, even over the last, let's say, 18 months, every one of us have had a different satanic version come at us of the inevitable. It's like, listen, what's coming now is the worst. What's coming now? Do you know many times I have people tell me, hell is going to be unleashed. Uh, uh, this is going to happen. That is going to happen. This is going to happen. That is going to happen. And, and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, but come what may, I know you're going to keep your people because greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together and say, yes, Lord, you'll keep your people. Yes, he will keep us. I don't know how he will keep us, but he will keep us. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it if they could send me out the musicians. You see, Moses' mom was not the only parent in history who chose to resist living on Satan's terms. See, part of what happens for the people of God, we don't understand this all the time, but sometimes there are voices in your head. Sometimes there are voices in your world. Someone here woke up today, and you have all of these different scenarios, and none of them are from God. And so whose scenario are you living out because none of those scenarios are from God. It's like Satan doesn't set the terms of our lives. Jesus sets the terms of our lives. Somebody say amen. Even on our worst day, God is still in control. Yes, we have difficult moments, but our God is a God who's able to deliver us. He's able to raise us out. He's able to set the captive free, hallelujah. You see, you're clapping because, because it's cloudy in Chicago. It's a little gloomy. And maybe your faith isn't as high as it ought to be. How did you come in today? Did you come into the building thinking about how great and powerful and awesome our God is? Did you think about how amazing the Lord is. God is so awesome. God is so amazing. Nothing can stop the glorious power of the living God. This, this past week, I met a young man whose name is Steve. And he used to come to our church. I didn't. I saw his face, but I didn't know him that well. He used to come primarily on Tuesday nights. He was in Teen Challenge. And I got to really connect with him this past week because I was speaking at a pastor's event on Thursday, just a quick little thing I was supposed to do. And at the end of it, he comes up to me and says, look, I know you don't know me. He said, but um, I used to go to your church all the time. In fact, he said it's about eight years ago to the day. And he said, I was in Teen Challenge. Now, if he was in Teen Challenge, it meant that he went there because he had some life-controlling addiction. We didn't get into what the details of all of that was, but somehow someone saw, someone had faith, someone ushered him into Teen Challenge. Someone got him there, and someone fought for him in the spirit, and someone got him there, and who knows how difficult he was, who knows how, how, how uh, complicated the situation was? They're always complicated. Nobody knows what, how he got the Teen Challenge, but finally he got the Teen Challenge. I have helped get a lot of people into Teen Challenge, and it's never easy. But you got to see. And when things come up and they're difficult, you've got to resist. Years ago, I was on vacation and I, I, I'm going to digress just a second. I was on vacation and I heard a brother who's been in and out of our church kind of, he got arrested. And he got arrested, Pastor Armand. This is when we were at Troy. Pastor Armand called me and said, Man, he got arrested. I said, You know what? That's kind of good. That's good, because as soon as he gets out, here's what we're going to do. Get his family. Call them here. They're all going to meet in my office. I want you to pick him up from the jail. Bring him to my office. I'm going to talk to him on speakerphone. He got in, We got him out. We put him on speakerphone. And when we got there, his family was there ready, saying, we love you. We care for you. You need help. I said, you are going to team challenge today. We already packed for you. It's all taken care of. We are driving you to another state. Sure enough, he gave in. After resisting time and time and time and time again, he gave in. Today's a man of God. He's married. He sees he's all, all, all the things that God could do. Hallelujah. So anyway, I, I talked to Steve and Steve says, it's been like eight years to the day. And I'm like, well, what are you doing here? He says, well, I'm a campus pastor. And he goes, I, I, I head up the dinner church. I'm also a chef. And we're re- doing this unique kind of outreach. And he's doing all of these amazing things for God. And then here's what he said to me. He said, you know what? I learned how to pray in the prayer meeting. And at this campus, we're going to start a prayer meeting the way we learned how to pray. How many know God's plan is so great, so powerful. Nothing can stop the glorious power of God. The next time you hear someone say, oh, when someone's hooked on that drug, they can't get free of that. Say, in the name of Jesus, all things are possible through Christ. The next time Satan says, oh, you better give up because that person can't get free or you can't get free. Say, I don't play by Satan's terms and whom the son sets free is free indeed. I believe in the freeing power of Christ. Of course he can change your marriage. Of course he could change your heart. Of course he could change your mind. But we've got to resist the lies of the devil. Amen. Real faith will resist. says, I don't care how this goes down, but it's not going down the way the devil wants it to go down. May the Lord put a holy stubbornness in us. Amen. May he do it. We will resist and we will believe. I always tell parents, listen, when, um, when we pray, we win. When we pray, we win. Don't stop praying. Don't stop resisting. In the name of Jesus. You know, I want to go I want to go. I, you know what? Great mother of our church, Pastor Armand's mother. I was with her just right, not too soon um, before she passed. She was like, she wasn't even fully conscious. She was in and out. I went to see her, and she was like, Pastor Toledo, how are you? I'm like, Mrs. M, how are you, Mrs. M? She's like, I'm good. I'm ready to meet the Lord. And she was like, Pastor, I'm leaving something for the church. I, I was like, you got to be kidding me. She was like, I'm leaving for the something for the church. And I, I'm so excited about what God is doing. For fall asleep. Pastor Talita, the Lord is good. I'm so tired. I'll never forget. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And then she would go, but the Lord is good. She went. Her last words, her last. I'm telling you, she was believing God. You would never say, wow, this person has been completely overtaken by cancer. No, her spirit was not overtaken one drop. Faith will resist to the end. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, believe the glorious power of God and resist Satan's terms. Here's the last thing. Once faith sees and resists, then there comes a point where faith releases. Everybody say faith releases. You see your faith online at Kilpatrick. Your faith is not complete until you release it. It's almost there, but faith is complete when it is released into the hands of the mighty God. One of the greatest acts of faith is found in the moment that we release something to God. Let's, now let's go back to the rest of the story very quickly here. So, So she prepares this basket. She prepares a little basket for this baby who can't fend for themselves at all. And we know that there was a Nile, the great Nile of Egypt they would worship and it was dangerous and all of these things. And here's what she does. She takes that baby, puts him in a basket and she just pushes him out and she just releases him. She releases him saying, God, this is out of my hands right now. Are there, is it dangerous? Is the Nile dangerous? Yes, it's dangerous, but it's in your hands, oh God. God, is is this difficult for me? Yes, but Lord, this is out of my hands. I trust you. You're great, you're mighty, you're powerful, you're able, oh God. I release it to you, oh God. Her sister, his sister, stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. See, the sister wasn't holding it. The sister was watching with eyes of faith, but she knew there was nothing that she could do. It had to be released. It says, then of all things, of all people, everybody say of all people, of all people, then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. And her attendants were walking along the riverbank. And she saw the basket among the reeds and she sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. Okay? The one heart that didn't care that much about what Pharaoh said, isn't it funny how daughters are like, hey, right? Oh, dad will get over it. He was crying. She felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then her sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh, come on, let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. Listen, Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. Come on, talk about a turn of events. Hallelujah. Talk about completely new terms. Terms of blessing. Terms of victory. Terms of life. Hallelujah. So, what happens when we release. Okay? So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew over, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. I want you to imagine for a moment how powerful God is. He's so powerful that he placed a deliverer right in Pharaoh's house. He's so powerful that he had Pharaoh care for him, protect him, educate him. You know that expensive private school, Pharaoh's paying for it. How many know when we release things to God on earth, then the powers of heaven are released and and grace comes down bringing supernatural transformation. See, we release it on earth and then God releases something from heaven. It's when you say, it's out of my hands. I'm going to trust you, God. And I'm not gonna worry I'm not gonna fret anymore. See, a lot of people, your miracle is right beyond your release. When you give it to God, stop taking it back. When you give them to God, stop trying to fix them. Stop talking, let God start talking. Stop trying to engineer the thing, let God engineer it. God knows. How to work and how to do the great and mighty miracle. We release it here, and then God releases something from where He is. And it's powerful. Now, a little bit more, and we're gonna close. Let me just say this. Number one, okay, when you release something to God, it means there's no plan B, there's no safety valve. It means you just release it. Look at what A.W. Tozer said. This is powerful. Pseudo-faith, fake faith, always arranges a way out to serve in case God fails it. Real faith knows only one way and gladly allows itself to be stripped of any second way or makeshift substitute. For true faith, it is either God or total collapse. That's faith. Everybody say that's faith. And not since Adam first stood up on the earth has God failed a single man or woman who trust Him. trusted him. Psalm 25 says, no one who looks to him will ever be put to shame. Now let me say this last thing very quickly. So faith releases because even though we don't have a strategy, we know that God has a strategy. Okay, don't, I say this all the time, don't try to figure out the miracle. Just release it to God. So, listen to this. I was reading a book recently about World War II and I came across this and I was like, I know this happened because someone was praying. I know in World War II there were lots of people praying that God would bring down Hitler, et cetera, et cetera. Um, his name is at the tip of my tongue, and I can't say it. we used him last week. So listen, in the Battle of Stalingrad, the largest battle of World War II it was late 1942 there was a German tank unit that sat in reserve on grasslands outside of the city. Then when the tanks were desperately needed on the front lines, something happened that surprised everyone. Almost none of the tanks worked. Out of 104 tanks in the unit, less than 20 were operable. And here's what happened. You know what happened? While they were waiting to pounce, a, a, a tons of field mice got into the tanks. And those field mice started to nest in the tanks, and they started to eat away all of the, all of the insulation that covered the electrical systems of the tanks. And by the time they tried to turn the tanks on, the tanks didn't work because God released his great army of mice. Hallelujah. How many know when we release on heaven that God even releases the mice if that's what needs to get done? But God knows how to get your miracle done. God knows how to do what you need to do, but what we have to do is release it to him. Come on, put your hands together and say, I believe, oh God. I believe, oh God, no part two, no option two, only option one. Jesus, I trust you. I wonder if there's anyone here today, you need to release something to God. And I wonder if online at Kilpatrick, as I've been speaking, part of the problem has been that you haven't sold out to God's terms for your life. You haven't said, God, it's your way or no way else, no other way. I just want your way. We're gonna pray right now for anyone that needs to release the issue to God. The best day is the day when you say, I trust you, God. I turn it over to you, God. I give it to you. She had her moment. I've always imagined the moment when she, imagine that moment when she went. Today is our moment. If the singers could come. If you're here today at home, in Kilpatrick, in this room, you've gotta release something to God. I want you to stand. We're gonna pray for you. We're gonna pray together. Humble yourself and stand and say, yes, Lord, I'm standing because I need you to do something great and mighty for me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. People are standing up all over the building. People are standing up, I'm sure, at Kilpatrick and even online. Stand right in your house. Stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith pleases God. Faith makes the heart of God glad. Faith makes the heart of God happy. Maybe there's a loved one in your life that you've been praying for, you're trying to control in a sense, today you're going to release them. Maybe there's some situation that you've tried to fix, Today is the day where you're saying, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm trusting you to activate the powers of heaven, God, as I release this here on earth. But today we're going to believe God to step in and to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. Hallelujah. Lift your hands right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands right now. Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our honor. Lift them in your house. Blessed be the name of the Lord.